You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Hey, folks, welcome to our podcast, Creating Healthy Families, and so glad you've uh, chosen to join us again today. And today we have a guest, Brian Coates. Brian, glad you're here today with us. Glad to be with you, Link. Awesome. Yeah, man, Brian... Uh, is on our staff at, at uh, one of our campuses. <laughs> what exactly do you do, Brian? I am the <laughs> associate executive pastor for the South Region, so yes. I work with the Station Hill campus, the Nolansville campus, and the West Franklin campus. Yes, I knew it was uh, it was big time. Something. I do you've something. You've changed positions about 10 times, I think, since you've been on Just staff Just a few here, times. Uh, but, Brian, man, glad you're here. Brian's been married about 10 years to Christine and uh, has four children. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about your family. Yeah, so as you mentioned, been married to Christine for 10 years. She and I met when we were in seminary. Um, God brought us together. At that time, we attended church together, and when we came back after getting married, we came to start help with Station Hill as it started. And we have uh, four kids, seven, five, four, and two years old. So Wyatt is seven years old. He's in first grade. Piper is five years old. She is in pre-K, that's right. And then Sam's in his kind of final year of preschool. He's four. He'll be five in three months. And Hudson just turned two, so he's moving into that crazy, fantastic toddler stage. So they're crazy. Yeah. That's really what it is. Well, I see your post every so often. I hear stories, and it sounds uh, it sounds exciting in the Coates family. Yeah, exciting and is a dog. way to put it. Yeah. Got Roy. Got Roy. Had Roy for 10 years. Roy still kicking? He has. He survived a second-story jumping out of a window incident, but he's still around. We'll have to have a whole podcast about that. That's he really like, has nine lives. It's great. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, well, Brian, man, I met you uh, when I first came on staff here almost 14 years ago. You were an intern, and uh, it's been pretty cool to see uh, your uh changing through the years and your response to the Lord and, uh, man, how God brought Christine into your life was a game changer for you. Yeah, it's definitely a blessing. (laughs) And, uh, it's pretty cool to see and just kind of where you are. Um, and the, you know, the leadership you give, uh, to certain areas of our church and, but most importantly, been very impressed how you lead your family. And, uh, so yeah, today, man, that's what I would love just to kind of hear from you and our listeners to hear, uh, how you intentionally lead uh, lead your family, especially your kids, uh, you and Christine, as you disciple them and uh, and lead them. So, to what, before that, anything interesting about the Coates family that our listeners can kind of kind of yeah hear into? Well, obviously, having four, seven, and under is interesting in and of itself. Um, our family dynamics it's it's fun because we do have these young kids, but. Uh, Sam, our middle one of our middle children, he was adopted from Ethiopia, and we brought him home in October of 2017, end of October 2017. And then four months later, yeah, four months later, we had Hudson. So we had these two kids back-to-back, which just threw us into this mass chaos of awesomeness, wow. I guess you could say. So we've been playing catch-up and just trying to get to a good stage and rhythm of life. You know, but we that, have a lot of fun. that is common it, for, <laughs> yeah. for, for couples that adopt. It's like all of a sudden there's there's two. It just it seems like that. I think it's the Lord's way of uh, 
humbling me, I guess yes. you could say. But it's made for an interesting dynamic because uh, having those kids, when, when we had Hudson, we had four that were five and under. And, and that was just an intense time. And I feel like now, two years later, we're we're starting to come out of the fog of, you know, changing diapers, never sleeping. Not that I sleep a ton anyway, still, but just all those different things. We're starting to come out of that fog a little bit. Um, and we're hitting a new stride, I think, or trying to in the way that we disciple our kids, Christine and I. Yeah, so That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, so that, yeah, that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah. I, I want to hear... I mean, just specifically, there's a lot I know we could talk about. Maybe we can get you back and talk about some other things about family. But, you know, today uh, I would love for our listeners to hear about what Brian and Christine intentionally do to disciple their kids. But yeah, why don't, I, I want to hear from you. What, what would be your definition or how you would define discipling your kids? Well, obviously, in discipleship, what we're trying to do is to introduce people to who Jesus is so they see his worth uh, and all that he has done for them and to follow after him. And so that's – in our family, we want to lift Jesus high and introduce our children to who he is and what what he has done for them to accomplish their salvation. That's the primary task. Um, None of my kids yet have put – professed faith in Christ. So really, it's it's emphasizing their need for a Savior, showing them that even though they're cute and little, that they're sinful and they, they have a Savior that they're mm-hmm. in need of. So that's where we're at right now. Um, but God willing, as they put their faith in Christ, we want to cultivate a desire to follow Him and to glorify yeah. God with their lives. Well, I love that. I mean, you know, and just for the listeners that they hear the, the word disciple, um, I mean, that's more or less you're you're leading you're leading your kids towards something bigger. You're yeah. everything who you are. You are directing them to understand something bigger. Yes, and that's ultimately what we're. That's a, another way, kind of, to phrase it. So, yeah, yeah. So, so in this effort that you all are uh, are doing, I, I know it's not like you have these aspirational, you know, these efforts to 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 do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want our listeners to hear, man, what are some of the obstacles yeah. in this effort to uh, you know, to live this out daily, to truly, you know, disciple and lead your kids in the way of the Lord. Man, tell me some of the obstacles or threats yeah. that are out there. Well, I know going into like my marriage and having our, our first kid when we had Wyatt, we had all these like high bars set for we're going to disciple our kids, we're going to read the Bible to them, we're going to teach them catechisms, they're going to memorize like the whole Old read Testament. Bonhoeffer yeah, like early. Re- yeah, like right? they're going to read, they're going to memorize the Old Testament by the time they're three. You know, you just have this high bar, and in my mind, you hear about family worship and family devotions, and I remember thinking back to like you and Joel and leading your girls or Jay or Aaron leading their kids. And I just had this mental image of you guys getting all of your kids quietly sitting down in your Mm -hmm. living room and you have these awesome prayer times and you sing hymns together. And then maybe somebody cries as they're reading the Bible, but that it's like perfectly contained. And of course, that was coming from me who didn't have kids. Right. Then I started having kids and trying to do these things, and you realize that they have no interest in sitting still ever, like Mm -hmm. ever. The other night, on Monday night, we were trying to get back into the rhythm of having our family worship time, and I'm reading a Bible story where we're reading about the names of God. It's a a little book that the Desiring God Ministries put out, and I'm reading that to the kids, and I look up, and two of my kids, my two younger ones— 
had Spider-Man masks on, like literally just in the middle of it. And Hudson, the youngest, is screaming. And you have a choice that you can make in that moment. Do I stop and like try to correct and say, Hudson, take off the mask. He's two. He's not going to know what I'm saying anyway. Or do I just press on and keep reading? And that's what I did. But that's one of the biggest obstacles to me is just getting over this idea that you're going to have this perfect family moment in discipling your kids. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. But you do have a resolve. I think you go yeah. back to maybe seeing it in others, at least the what you thought was in others. But but it was this resolve. Yeah, you increase things because you're going to have obstacles. Yeah, along the way. Yeah, yeah. I think and the other thing is is the enemy always wants to attack your time. Um, so be having that resolve and being intentional towards using whatever time you have uh, towards being intentional. Like Christine and I, again, we're trying to get back to Monday nights, protecting that time when we're home in the evenings after dinner before bedtime where we'll read a Bible story or a devotion. We will sing a song. Usually it's one of the songs kids have learned in children's worship on Sunday. And then we'll pray for something and we'll pray for each other and maybe pick one or two things out. We're trying to get back into that rhythm. Um, But that's hard. It's hard to protect even a 30-minute block on a Monday night. Because one of the biggest challenges is I know that I'm coming home from work at 5, usually around 5, hmm. and I've got about a two-and-a-half-hour time block before my kids are going to be in bed. Right. And how do I maximize that? How do I not just cram in dinner and chasing them around and yelling at them for messing something up and fit in intentional time to disciple them? That's a huge obstacle for us. So, But you all have chosen Monday nights as kind of your prime time. Trying of, to, of, yeah. Sitting down and open up the word yes. as a family. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do now with our all everybody. Um, a rhythm for us, I guess, is kind of more of a practice that we put in place. Is every night we read the scriptures to our kids. Now that's age appropriate. Like with the uh, middle two right now, I'm reading the Jesus Storybook Bible with them. Mm-hmm. But like with my first grader now, with Wyatt, he got a Bible with first grade Bible presentation and. He can read well enough, but I'm still helping him read, reading a Bible story to him every night. And to Hudson, just introducing him, same thing with Jesus Storybook Bible. But we try to read at least one story per night, and we try to pray over our kids. Now, I'm not saying we do that perfect seven out of seven nights of the week, but we endeavor to do that every night great. No, with that, our kids. No, that's awesome. What are any other obstacles that kind of stand out to you right now? No, really, it's it's mostly the age and and the stage of my kids. Yeah, and I love you. You know, the Monday night is your time to to kind of dig in the word, what, however that would come about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then also the the importance. Uh, so let's kind of jump into opportunities. Um, you know, the opportunity you have as a father in this, as a parent, the design of family, the way the Lord has allowed you and. Christine to, you know, the craft this family to carry on the message of God to your to your kids. So yeah. that's enormous. So you do Monday nights, mm-hmm. um, but what are what are just the overall opportunities that you see that you can play? And I, we talked a little yeah. bit. About, I want you to speak to go ahead and first to start talking about modeling. Uh, yeah, living it out, like drawing a picture of what it looks like. Yeah. um, Early on in our marriage, my wife uh, talked about how meaningful it was for her to come down every morning uh, getting ready for school and seeing her dad's Bible open on the table. And we've heard those types of stories before, but that is just, 
it's a simple thing that we can model. And now, Christine and I, we, we do our quiet times usually before the kids are up, but every day our Bibles are at least sitting on the table. And like Saturday mornings when we're all home, typically we will have that time where we're reading the Bible at the kitchen table while the kids are after breakfast, they're all playing, destroying the house, but they see us with the Bible open. That is just a simple way every day that I think kids can see that that we're trying to follow after Christ in our own walk. And the teachable moment element of it, I always heard that before I got married of like, you got to capitalize on these teachable moments. And it always sounded kind of dressed up, but I see that now, like in those margins and the simple things that you can do to bring your kids along with you. Like for me in the ministry role, I, I try to bring one of my kids with me every Sunday morning just so that they can be a part of what's going on or um, letting them know when we're doing things. Like my kids know what a life group is. You know, They know when we commit to be in a life group or when Christine leads a Bible study on Tuesday nights, the kids know I'm putting them to bed because mommy is going to a Bible study with some of her friends and they know that that's an important value. So just as we live our lives, communicating that and letting our kids see that and be a part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. What else? I mean, what what do you see just overall the opportunity you has have as a father yeah. of of your kids? Well, something that has been impressed on me even from the time that I served with student ministry here, just the value of praying over your kids. I remember you've told me the story all the time of when you do senior recognition Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's for so many of the families, it's the first time that those seniors hear their their dad or one of their parents praying over them. And, you know, that that is so sobering in and of itself. So I want my kids to hear me praying over them and hopefully at least every night. But on the way to school every day, um, we hit this one part uh, as I'm driving my kids to their school in Franklin uh, to where they know I'm going to turn off. Usually we're listening to a book on the way to school and I'll turn it off and I pray for them. Like the other last week I was driving to school and Sam from the back seat was like, Daddy, it's time to pray now because they know that that's the spot, that's the spot. That's usually the spot. where I'm going to pray for them. And it, it's nothing like long or protracted out, but they hear me praying for their day and they hear me praying that, you know, I hope that they grow to know more of who Christ is through what they go through during the day. Yeah, so not just, only the power of prayer, yes, lifting your kids up to the Lord, but I'm telling you, man, the, the, those moments in years to come that your kids will reflect back on to gain uh, – to gain strength, and and that's a that's a memory, man, in the thread of of y'all's relationship that they will they will draw back to in, in certain moments. And, yeah, uh, and I think those are those moments that we don't recognize the power. I think we understand, yes, it's important, but I think the power that that plays in years to come, yeah, that they, as they begin to reflect back on, you know, your relationship with them. Yeah, and I mean and. I, whenever I talk about this stuff, I, I I am not a perfect dad in any way, shape, or form. Mm. I, I struggle with being impatient and getting frustrated with my kids when they don't do what I ask, just like probably all of us do with our children. So I hope even in those moments as I'm praying for them that they'll be reminded of my yeah. deep love for them and that that tips the balance from all of my inadequacies when they, they look okay, back so as Okay, so let's an talk adult. about this. We didn't really talk yeah. specific about this beforehand to kind of give you thoughts, give you time to think through it, but you talked about the messiness of life. You just talked about, man, we don't do it perfect. I think the, the times that we can show them 
you know, dad messed up or let's restore or let's redeem this or, you know, can you forgive me for this? Talk to me about that. I mean, the role that you have with your kids and maybe even Christine, yeah. like, okay, I messed up. I need yeah. to come to you, and 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 how that can model to them. Yeah, I I feel like that's one of the things that I don't know where I heard it when I was younger. Just the important uh, importance of asking for forgiveness of your kids when you mess up, because mm-hmm. yeah, I get impatient and frustrated, and I lose my temper. And in those moments, I really need to make sure that I circle back to my kids and ask for their forgiveness. Oh, that's so big. Yep. And sometimes Christine will lovingly remind me like, hey, you should ask, will you forgive me? Um, I may or may not have a wife exactly like that. <laughs> so, you know, but that's what I do. I, I say, uh, you know, Wednesday mornings, like this is a Wednesday morning, I take all four of my kids to where they're going because my wife works. And those are the toughest mornings just because I'm – I'm trying to get four to where they need to be, and I'm not as patient and loving and nurturing as my wife. So I can get very frustrated, and if I get frustrated more times than I want to care to admit, really, I get into the van, and I just say to my kids, I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. Daddy got frustrated with you. I got impatient over things that I probably shouldn't have. Will you forgive me? And Christine's helped me to see how even just asking them to say, like, will you forgive me is Ooh. it's an important thing to to model that daddy's sinful. He needs yep. God's grace and and that I care about restoring the relationship with them. Yeah, that's great. OK, move, let's, let's move to best practices. What are some and you shared some of that? Yeah. But what are some just some other best practices that our listeners can kind of some handles that they can uh, kind of grab onto? Again, like going back to that, to me, the biggest things that I do that are valuable in consistency is is the practice of reading scripture to your kids. Now, I, I know the age appropriate where you're at, um, finding that that scripture that you can read to your children and get the story of of God into their minds. So, reading that consistently is a best practice, and then praying. Uh, for your kids, praying over them. And what I pray for my kids at night when I pray over them, I I pray primarily three things. As I mentioned, none of them have professed faith in Christ yet. So I pray for each of them, um, that God would save them, that he'd open their eyes to their need for a Savior. Uh, And then I pray that they would grow up loving God's Word. I I pray that they would want to read it and obey it, and that God would uh, enable them to obey it. And then I pray simply too that that God would use them to glorify Him with their lives. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of that's my template that I pray over each of my kids. I want those three things: that they know Christ, that they love His Word, and that they're bringing glory to God through how they live. So you know, it sounds pretty simple. Of hey, read your Bible and pray. But I think if if you're consistent and filling them with the things of God and praying over them so that they will glorify Him, those are those are best practices. No, that's huge, and it is. It does sound simple, but um, I, I want to turn it back to our readers, uh, I mean, our listeners right now, to think through, because it is simple, And uh, but if we don't engage in it, it's, um, you know, that that's where the power comes from, is we're actually implementing some things that maybe sound familiar to us, or maybe we've been challenged before, but we're actually not doing it. So hopefully, hearing from Brian today, that uh, it just kind of encourages. So Brian, thank you for for coming in today. And Glad to be here, Link. Thank you, you for just, the invitation. You bet, man. And um, yeah, and just sharing some, just some thoughts of real life in the Coates family. So, our listeners, I just want to encourage you, like we do at the end of every podcast, is just to um, 
maybe there were some things that you heard that kind of prompted in you, uh, you know, this is something I would love to, to, to begin to implement into my family. And uh, so I want to encourage you to right now is write down two to three actionable steps, kind of, you know, some I will statements. I will do this in the next few days. Uh, don't just be encouraged by the podcast today, but actually how, what are some adjustments that you can make? And when the Lord speak to us, let's, let's write down, uh, some, some actionable steps that we can take to, to kind of move our family forward and, uh, and write those down, pray over it. Uh, maybe you write down some obstacles. These are the real life obstacles in, in your family. These are some opportunities. These are the rhythms that we're going to have to maybe kind of have to break in our family because it's all about sports. It's all about uh, school. Those are important, yes, but the remember, don't forget, as a believing family, the most important thing you can do is to, Im, Im, to imprint upon the uh, – leave an imprint on the hearts of your kids, uh, the things of the Lord. So I uh, want to pray for you as a listener and, uh, and pray that today was a good encouragement as you kind of listen to Brian in the story. So – uh, I want to close our podcast like we do every podcast, just to encourage you, wherever you are as a family, that's a great place to start. So thank you again. Until next time.